Welcome to another episode of the Overflow Podcast. My name is Ian Warner and I am the community pastor here at Cottage Grove in Des Moines, Iowa. And today I actually wanted to just talk about grit. Now, this might be like weird because it's like, why, wait, what is it? Grit isn't a word that's used in, in the Bible, but when you look at what the meaning of the word is, it is 100% biblical. And what grit is, is courage or resolve, strength of character. Um, now anyone who believes, you know, a Christian shouldn't have strength of character or is not called to be courageous. Um, yeah, I don't know. You're like, you, you look at the life of, of Paul, you look at the life of, of Jesus, you look, you know, time and time again, when, when people, even the old Testament are actually following God and doing what they've been commanded to do, you're going to see this every single time you're going to see courage. You're going to see strength of character. But when people are falling and they're turning away from God, you're going to see the op- opposite. You're going to see people being timid. You're going to see people um, not having that strength of character. And, you know, I think looking at grit, I think the context it's all often used in is in thinking about how do I, you know, be successful, right? But instead of looking at it as, as how do I be successful, I think putting it in the lens of, how does having grit help us to be better disciples and to make better disciples? To do those two things, to be a better disciple and to actually make better disciples. And so there's a couple of things I want to touch on. And the first thing was people with grit have an attitude to always improve. And what that means, and they've, they've proven this in studies, that people with more grit will actually go on to get more education most of the time. And the reason why is not because they're smarter or better. It's because they have more resolve. They have the courage to keep going. And when things get hard in school, always eventually gets hard at some point, you keep going with it. But you also see the value in it because you really think I can actually get better at this stuff. So like when you put this into something like, you know, a a rhythm, like, um, like memorizing scripture, for example, you're only going to stay at that with grit. People who are not gritty, they're going to try in a little, a little bit. They're going to start, you know, they're going to say, all right, I'm going to memorize a chapter of the Bible. They'll go through the first couple of verses a couple of times, be like, oh, this is so hard. And then they'll just, they'll just be done um, because they don't have the, the grittiness to actually hang in there. Uh, another thing with, with grit is people who are gritty, they see how small goals add up into to bigger, bigger ones. So again, when you put this into the framework of success, that's one thing. But when you think about it in terms of making disciples, and being a disciple. So you're, you're learning from someone and, you know, maybe you have a goal that one day there's a certain ministry that you want to start, but to get there, it's like, you need to first have an understanding of the Bible. So that's like one small goal that adds into a bigger one. Um, one thing that's also so good about this is like, uh, part of being, of, of developing grit is usually having exposure to a good mentor pretty early on. And, you know, you think about that word mentorship, and how closely it is related to discipleship. It's like, this is what the whole Christian faith is about. You should always be looking for someone to, to mentor you. And you can have mentors in different areas. You can have disciples in different areas. So think about this. Some people will go out and get like a fitness mentor, someone to help them with their health. Someone will have like a financial mentor. They'll have like a parental mentor to help them be a better parent, right? But you can do the same thing in different areas of their of your life. If you are actually wanting to push yourself to do more outreach and community engagement, you can have um, 
uh, a mentor, uh, uh, someone discipling you in that area. You can have someone discipling you in your the, your theology and just your your study of scripture. You can have someone to do the same and having a, a biblical marriage. Like there's all of these areas that we can have someone who is pouring into us, but that we also are pouring into other people too. And then, you know, to, to kind of put a little bow tie on it, um, it's not finishing it up completely, but it's like people who are greedy, they don't quit things easily. They don't quit things easily. Now, when you think about how, how, what does this all have to do with community engagement and outreach? There are two aspects to all this. And there, there's the, I see in the Bible why we should love our neighbors. I see why we should enter into difficult relationships. I see why we should continue to chase after lost people. No problem. People aren't going to argue on that. But the thing is, when you actually enter into the mess of those relationships, it's a whole different ballgame. Like, it's one thing to say, man, you should be inviting people to your house and being hospitable. It's another thing to actually open your house and do that. They're not the same. Talking about it or knowing that it's a good thing to do and actually doing it are different. But when you're gritty, you don't quit stuff easily. When you have courage and resolve, when your character is strong, you say you're going to do something and you live by what you say you're going to do, you don't quit it easy. So meaning you bring someone over and it's hard. You, you enter into new relationships and it's hard. You stick with it. You keep going. You understand, I need to keep pursuing this person like Christ, like Christ pursued me. You remember how you were once lost, how you were once far off, how you once were opposed to God in every single way. And yet, by his goodness, by his grace, he found you, he saved you, he adopted you, he brought you into his glorious family because of who Jesus is, you get to sit at the right hand of God. He pursued you. So we should do the same for others. Four elements. And this is especially focusing on when you yourself are a disciple, which we all are always disciples. We are always being discipled. And you think, you know, the aspects of how you're getting discipled, you know, specifically at Cottage Grove, it, it looks like being discipled by coming to church on Sundays. Discipleship happens in you know, Bible studies, it happens in connection groups. There's lots of, and you might reach out and have your own personal relationships where this happens, but you need four things. You need passion, you need practice, you need purpose, you need hope. Now, see, in, a, in the secular world, this is really hard, but for the Christian, this is easy because you look at purpose and you look at hope. Well, where does our hope come from? Our hope comes from the cross. Our hope comes from who Jesus is and what he did. The fact that he is the perfect Reflection of God that lived on this earth, died, but didn't just stay dead, right? All other things die and go away. He rose again three days later, completely having victory and conquering all sin and death. That's where the hope comes from. So when you take that hope now, that from that hope, we have purpose, right? When Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, so go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. And behold, I am with you until the end of the age. We have purpose. We have been sent. We know what we are supposed to do. We are to go and make disciples of all nations as we are continuing to be disciples ourselves. So then once you have those two things unlocked, the passion and the, pra and, and the actual practice, that's easy. The practice is just an overflowing of who Jesus is. Once Jesus is in your heart and you go from darkness to light, you let that light shine. We go be a light in a dark place because that's the only way we can respond. Like what else is there to do when you realize who Jesus is and what he has done for you? 
you go and you be a light. You practice the things that you're seeing. This is the difference. You can know, 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 know. You can read, 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 read. You can memorize, 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 memorize. And all that's good. You can study it all day. But are you going to go and live that out? Are you going to go and be about what scripture says? So then when you look at the practice, the purpose, and the hope, when you have all three of those things, come on, the passion's easy. At that point, the passion, the love, the, the strong desire to want to live this out for the glory of God, it becomes easy at that point. So again, when you're looking at grit and what it does, what it looks like, when you are a disciple, there's passion, practice, purpose, and hope. And when you zoom in a little bit on the practice portion, like living these things out, I think, you know, one thing the book Grit specifically talks about is the, how, how deliberate practice is not fun. Now, when I think back to, you know, you know, running track and, you know, when I was at Iowa State and I was really, you know, going at this thing, one of the things I remember is like, when you switch from being like a new at something to really being an expert and like really wanting to get better, what happens is you care less about, you know, just getting positive feedback. You don't really care anymore. You're just like, look, I know I need to work on some things that I'm not good at. Let's focus on some of these things that I have not been doing well. And you start to deliberately practice those things. So to, to be able to do that, there's a couple of things that need to happen. You need to have the interest to do it. You need to have the discipline and you need to be other centered, right? And again, you bring this back into Christian context. This is easy, right? An interest, well, I hope you have an interest in, the, in King Jesus. I hope you have an interest in learning more about this King that you're serving, right? But then from that, the discipline, we, we, and this is a word people have kind of gone away from a little bit more in the church and like discipline sounds like rigorous. And, and, and it's like, you know what? We don't, we don't talk about this enough, but it's like uh, disciplines of a godly man puts it as spiritual sweat. Like we actually have to work at this. We're going to sweat a little bit, but you know what? Just like when you've worked out long enough, right? If you've ever gotten into a groove of working out consistently for a long period of time, you begin to like the sweat. You begin to enjoy putting in the work because of the benefits that you get from it. So the discipline, it, it comes from being disciplined in all areas, disciplined in and in, in not neglecting to gather with the body, right? Being disciplined in, in how you do community and stirring and stirring up and encouraging others to love and good works. It, it comes down to having discipline in your, your time in prayer and in, in discipline in getting in the word and, and, and discipline in your memorization and this, and like, there's all these areas that you can have the discipline in, right? That, cr that contributes to the, the deliberate practice, which is not always going to be fun. And that's the problem. Sometimes people think, oh, well, you know, I've been no, I didn't really enjoy reading my Bible today. It's like, you don't always have to enjoy it. Nowhere in scripture does it say, hey, meditate on my word and it's always going to be enjoyable for you. And then lastly, being other centered, which is like, this is what the gospel is. God loved us so much. He sent his only son. He was other centered. He laid his life down for us. So we go down and we, what do we do? We lay our life down for others. Nothing like someone who would lay his life down for a friend, right? It, we are to Think and put others before ourselves. We are to love our neighbors. But here's the thing. As we continue to get more purpose, as we hug tight onto the Great Commission, the tighter we hold it, the more grittier we get. Why? Because we get grittier because as the purpose grows and the more you understand why you're doing what you do, the more you are driven to continue pursuing that. So when we actually reflect on our purpose, right? As Christians, like, do we do this? Why am I, why am I doing this? Why am I showing up to church? Why am I going to these community groups? Why am I studying this Bible? Why am I reading this every day? Why, 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 why? It's like to make disciples of all nations. We remember, man, someone 
took the time to share the gospel with me. Somebody out there took the time to love on me and to pull me into this thing. So I got to go do the same thing for others. And we, and we never stop searching for ways to continue doing this, to, to learn and continue being discipled so we can continue to see more people to come to know who Jesus is. And then from this, these are some tips for when you yourself are discipling somebody else. So I said, there's two avenues we're talking about for grit, making disciples and being a disciple. So when you're making a disciple, you need to have high standards for other people. Have high standards. Now, again, you don't need to have perfect standards. And again, the standards aren't coming from you. So it's not you judging others. But there is a reality here that when we hold people to high expectations, they tend to rise to those expectations. When you host, hold someone to low expectations, they tend to rise to whatever low expectation you set for them, right? We see this in school all the time. Cultures that hold people to high standards in the, in, in the classroom, they reach those high standards. And the same is true when those standards are low. Another thing is encouraging effort. Like one of the problems in, in how, and this, you, you see this with little kids, like little kids, it's all about, oh, you're so smart. And like, we praise like natural gifting, right? Oh, you're just naturally really good at these things, right? But it's like, even with gifts given from God, we still got to work on those gifts. Yes, I was given the ability to run fast, for example, but I still had to go and work on that. You might have the ability to evangelize, but it doesn't mean you cannot learn how to do that better. So we actually encourage people for their effort and we encourage them for learning, for continuing to show up instead of just being naturally good at something. And then there's a, there's a mix here of being supportive and demanding at the same time, right? And again, that's the word, like the D word is like, oh man, you never demand anything. But no, like, it's like we can challenge people <clears throat> and say, hey, like, I want more out of you on this. Like, I think you can read some more. I think you can go back to school. I think you can't like, and, and opening up new doorways that people didn't really even think about when you are discipling them. And then the other thing is like, lastly, go with people places. Don't just send them to it. Don't just send someone to go and read a certain book or to go and do this or do that. Go with them to do it. If you want someone to, to go and serve in a certain way the first time, go with them. Just like when we sent, we were like, hey, I want you to come to church. Go with them to church, right? Don't just say, hey, come to church with me and you sit up in the balcony. I'll be downstairs. No, go with them. One of the most encouraging things you can do for someone you are discipling, if we want to have gritty disciples, we want to have people who come out of here with resolve, right? With courage, with strength of character, we have to go with them. So just some good things to think about. Like, again, when we're thinking about grit, it's from courage and, res and resolve and, and developing that strength of character when we are being a disciple and when we are making disciples. Be blessed.